fellow entrepreneurs. Today I'm interviewing Greg Hickman. Greg is the CEO and founder of Alt Agency. Greg knows firsthand how it is to do most of the work yourself and not have a lot of time left in your day, well, to actually spend it with your family. Tune into this episode, he shares a lot of golden nuggets and I know that you would find value in this episode. I've spent the last two years learning from industry experts and successful business owners, going behind the scenes to discover what makes these entrepreneurs successful. Follow along with season 8 of Unleash Focus podcast, where I dive in deeper than ever before, unlocking trade secrets, discovering what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but also really understanding their habits, frameworks, blueprints, secrets, and so much more. I also ask one important question, and that is how they have grown and scaled their business to a million or more. I'm excited that you are here and I can't wait for you to apply these strategies so you can become successful too. Welcome to Unleash Your Focus podcast, the number one place that will help you to start, grow and scale your online business today. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me, Joy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate your time. Where are you from and where did you grow up? Can you tell people a little bit about you? Uh, from New Jersey, I grew up in New Jersey in the United States and, uh, the last 11 or 12 years, I think going on 12, I've lived in Denver, Colorado. Nice. I've seen the photos of Denver. I've been in New Jersey. I went to the States a very long time ago and it's really, really (laughs) pretty that, that side of the world. How did you get into the whole agency thing? How did that come about? Uh, I mean, since I graduated college, I was... Mm -hmm. I worked inside of agencies, both large and small. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, you know, right out of college, I was in kind of a marketing and promotional agency that represented brands like Pepsi and Unilever. And then I went to a small, kind of a smaller shop that was, um, you know, working with AT&T and some professional sports teams. And so I kind of went back and forth between like larger and smaller agencies. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had essentially started my business on the side. And my last like full-time job was at it, like on the client side. So I was working um, inside of the marketing team for uh, a large independent retailer called Cabela's. Uh, they're like a large outdoor retailer um, in the United States. They have some stores internationally, but okay. that was my last like corporate job, so to speak, full-time job before I broke out on my own, uh, in 2014. So it's been quite a good number of years for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's still holding strong. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've popped around on your website and, um, it's, it's pretty impressive. The type of clients that you guys have served so far. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how did you actually land clients like John Lee Dummers? I mean, he's like one of yeah. the biggest podcasters. So how did you manage to do that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, back one, he's a friend. Uh, so we became friends, uh, really early kind of, I mean, really before he launched or right as he was launching his podcast entrepreneurs on fire. So, Mm -hmm. um, and at the time our, my services didn't really, uh, didn't align with John or really any of the types of clients that you would have seen that we've worked with because I did something completely different. And so, I mean, for at least a couple of years, I was just building relationships with people that inspired me and that, um, you know, were kind of in this online entrepreneur, online business space uh, Mm -hmm. while I was trying to figure out 
what was going on and who, who exactly I wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2015, I kind of made a big switch in my focus from, you know, the type of marketing that I had been doing in the past to mm-hmm. kind of sales funnels, marketing automation, and the, the opportunity presented itself to work with people like John, like people that were building a business online, mm-hmm. the very people that kind of inspired me. And so uh, when I started working on the things that I chose to work on, sales funnels, automation, specifically at the time I was using a software called Infusionsoft, which is now Keep, um, a lot of the, the people, you know, influencers online like him were already using that tool and they were all frustrated and struggling u- utilizing it. And I fell in love with it. So I basically just said, hey, you have pain around this problem. Like I can help you remove that. And we sort of became the team behind the scenes for a handful of, of you know, big name podcasters, authors, speakers, um, those sorts of people. Uh, and that was really what allowed us to, to take off. So I wish I had a better answer other than like I had just been developing relationships with those folks, um, at least the first wave of clients. And then, you know, from there, uh, you know, like most agencies uh, in the beginning, we were very heavy referral based. Mm -hmm. Um, We created our own content as well to build our own email list. But most of our growth came from, you know, someone saying, hey, I heard that you did this for X, Y, Z. Can you do that for me, too? Yes. Do you the genesis. That's really good. I love that. Do you do you feel like you had to niche down for you to get referrals? Um yes. <laughs> um so we were I don't know if this was as intentional as I would like to say that it was, but yeah. um you know, when we got started, um I mean Infusionsoft again now Keep was mm-hmm. kind of like the main tool that folks were using. It was that or Entreport. Um, and a lot of people used Infusionsoft and I didn't know how to use Entreport. So we really only served people that were using Infusionsoft or wanted to move to Infusionsoft. So people would go from like MailChimp or, you know, Aweber to this tool. And so it made it really easy in the beginning for us to say like, Hey, yeah, we can help you or we can't, or if you're willing to move, because that's, something you were planning on doing anyway, then, then we can totally help. But it made, it made marketing a lot easier and it made selecting clients um, that we could actually serve a lot easier. And then over time, I mean, years expanded uh, into active campaign and some other things. And so now, you know, we support still to this day, like a handful of tools, but not every tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, it definitely helped from a focal point of, you know, there was these little communities of people that were using that tool and our name would come up in those circles often. That's really cool. And it, isn't it just amazing how you don't actually plan it, but you just naturally grow into something that people want. It's yeah, it's a good circle, actually. Yeah, I think, you know, my biggest lesson that, um, you know, like I said, before we were doing this in 2015 for over a year and a half mm-hmm. um, and what I had started on the side was was really mobile marketing, like text message marketing, mobile apps. That was my experience for the better part of a decade. Wow. And um, I got to the point where, you know, one of the things that I share with a lot of our clients is, mm-hmm. you know, I think with whether it's a service or a skill that, you know, maybe someone in the audience um, has, mm-hmm. we get really hung up on 
you know, as the service provider, like the, the tools we use or the, um, the solution that we have, like we fall so in love with the solution as being this answer when really we need to be falling in love with the person that has that specific problem. You know, like I, when I realized like, Hey, these online entrepreneurs, um, like what problem do they have with Infusionsoft? Like it sort of started opening up opportunities that like how I serve them was a lot easier than I need someone that is looking for this specific service. Um, because not all, not in all, in all instances, not most people didn't even know that they needed our help and, or were looking for that, you know, that tactical solution. Mm -hmm. So if you're like kind of in love with your, your own sauce, you know, I think you need to kind of redirect that focus on just, you know, falling in love with the problem that your ideal prospect has, and that'll lead you naturally to solving the problems that they care about and find valuable. Yeah, that is really, really great advice because I you know, as entrepreneurs, and I think not even agency owners, but in general, you do fall in love with your software and what you use and you kind of stick with it and you don't look outside of the box, but there's actually, there's tools that market themselves really well and not because they are that great, but just because they mm. do the marketing so well. And then yeah. there's other ones that's really great just because they, their marketing doesn't, is not that great. It doesn't mean it's not a great tool. And I've seen that happen so many times. Really yeah. And what's, what's actually kind of interesting is, you know, the people that get really hung up on their own solution, mm. I find that those are the ones that typically end up um, being treated as like a commodity um, and or uh, being pulled in and having like maybe your agency or you're a freelancer and, and you mm. feel like you're just like an employee of... Yeah you know, your five different clients' businesses. Um, that usually becomes a product of like, you've focused so much internally on the skill and the mm -hmm. solution that you had versus being of service and solving more valuable problems for this person that you, you know, that is your ideal client. Mm, so true, so true. <laughs> do you, how, where do you sit on the spectrum of, of your avatar and really understanding and niching down on your avatar? Is that something that you guys focus on in your business or, you know, was it a focus point before as well? Yeah. Um, I mean, so with our agency, I mean, in the beginning it was, you know, online entrepreneurs using Infusionsoft. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, over the years it's evolved and we've kind of, we rebranded the beginning of last year to alt mm -hmm. agency. Um, and we went from serving kind of the, the course creator uh, influencer to uh, other service providers, agency owners, um, you know, consultants, et cetera, because the number of people that were asking me how we, you know, packaged our services and like escaped the whole done for you model uh, was just getting louder and louder and louder. And like, those are my people. It's like, I wanted to help them get out of the pain that I was feeling. And so, you know, the, it's not, it, I wouldn't call it necessarily the, the coach who coaches coaches. Right. But I mean, it sort of is like, we were the agency, we were stuck, we got out of being stuck and there's other people that want to get out of that same, that same thing. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of put together a roadmap that's, you know, been really successful and that's what we walk our clients through. Um, okay. so it, it being narrow in focus, um, really, I think really helpful, especially when it comes to, to growth. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times freelancers, service providers, agencies, um, 
you know, they'll serve just about anybody. And that, that in and of itself is what creates a lot of the problems that prevent them from growing. That's in and of itself, like creating the problem that they're stuck in fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Because if every client you serve needs something different, you're never going to gain efficiencies in getting your client results. So like you're kind of always starting from scratch and that becomes really difficult to systematize and difficult to automate and difficult to, you know, once even systematize referrals. And, you know, if you do get referrals, it's because a client really loved working with you, but the referrals probably aren't even that great either because what the person they, you know, the person they referred to you doesn't need exactly what, you know, your past client wanted. And so the sooner that you can like say, Hey, this is who we serve. Mm -hmm. And here's the solution that we have for them. uh, I mean, we see everybody take off. So I I think it's really, really important to, to stay focused. Yes. I completely get that. Um, I used to be one of those agency owners that served anybody and everybody. And then you would, you would build a funnel for this guy and it will take you an hour because you're used to this type of customer. And then you would build something for something completely different. And it takes you like two, three days because you have to really figure out their clients and their niche and all of those things. And then you end up getting paid less because your hourly rate is so much less because you work so many hours. Exactly. one of the things on your website or obviously on your mission statement is that you guys want to, you know, basically help your agency owners to enjoy life. Is that something that you struggled with? Like time management? Yeah. And Yeah. Um, I mean, I was the person that was, um, you know, the story that I tell often is um, for years, the last mm-hmm. year and a half has not been exactly the same because of COVID, but um So I live, like I said, in Colorado, my family still lives in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. And every Mm -hmm. year they would rent a house, um, uh, down the shore in New Jersey. And so Mm -hmm. my wife, we would go and spend, you know, the week with them. And, um, it was the year when we just like, we were going there and we had just found out that we were pregnant, um, or she was pregnant (laughs) with, with our now first child. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, I remember like we were on the beach, like we told, told my whole family, it was like this joyous moment. And like, literally like I'm sitting there looking at my watch, like I got to go back to get this client call, you know, like when is this thing, like, when is like the celebration going to stop temporarily so that I can kind of jet and go back. And like, that was just the story of my, my vacations, right. It was, I I'd still work. Um, everything was tied to me. And, you know, my wife basically said, you know, Hey, like, when is this, not going to be an issue. Like Mm -hmm. when, when are we going to be able to go on a vacation and like actually be together? Mm -hmm. And because like, we're about to have a kid and like, I can't do this alone. So, uh, that was really, you know, that was one of the, like the pivotal moments of just like, all right, something's got to (laughs) change. Something's got to change here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's super easy to, uh, you know, scroll through Facebook and Instagram and I'm guilty of these things too, even still to this day, like, you get super inspired and you get super motivated by, you know, these people that you follow that I think sometimes one of the things that I struggle with, and I think others do too, is if you don't take the time to define what success looks like for yourself or what it feels like without knowing it, you're just adopting somebody else's, you know, 
goal. Like, you know, it might be the people yeah. that you follow or the influencers that you follow. And like, you're, you're, you subconsciously start moving down this path to have what they have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's not exactly what you want or what you need. And then you end mm-hmm. up and you're still not happy. And, and, uh, I think that was me totally, you know, like just chasing other people's dreams. And just because it, it's actually easier to do that than it is to have the hard conversations and spend time for yourself thinking about what you really want um, and getting clear on that. And so, uh, you know, it just turned into like this constant grind and and it's why you, I forget who has the quote, but it's like you, you kind of feel like you're losing this race that you didn't even know you entered into the race in the first place. It's like, you feel like you're losing this thing and like, you don't even know how you got in the race in the first place. It's just like all of a sudden you're just in it, you know? Yeah, and that was miserable. So I think, you know, having to kind of pull back and, and refocus on, you know, what I wanted uh, yes. was really, was also really pivotal. And honestly that happened. We, we took off in like 2017 and in 2018, like mid 2018, I kind of ha- had that moment where I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was burned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to like reorient myself again um, wow. and then kind of rebuild based on my own terms. Yes. How did you do that? What was your first step that you took to rebuild everything? Because that's a massive, <laughs> that's a massive, like, I'm listening to you say that and I'm kind of like, oh, how did you do that? It sounds so stressful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it took time, but so I think one of the first exercises that I did, mm-hmm. uh, well, one thing, I'm very thankful to have some awesome team members and one team member that I'd had with me from the beginning, you know, just kind of approached me and just said, look, like in order for us to kind of take this thing to the next level, like Mm -hmm. you need to tell us where we're going um, so that we can help you get there and that everything's not on you. And so I needed to better communicate the vision of what this company would look like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, moving forward. And so, you know, she asked me a lot of questions that I just wrote down um, and I just answered a bunch of them, you know, over the next couple of months about, you know, what does success mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Like, how much money do you want to make? What sort of things do you want? How, how big do you want your team? Um, you know, what what do you want your clients to be like? All these, I mean, it was a lot. Wow. And I, I would answer some and then I'd share my feedback with her and then she challenged me to go a little bit deeper. So one, it was just kind of digging deep into those those areas, yeah. but it all kind of started with this like high level I think it's really easy to kind of arbitrarily, and again, if you're adopting someone else's goal, like mm-hmm. we can, we can, we're really good at setting targets. Like, hey, I want to build a seven-figure business, right? Like, probably a lot of people listening are like, I want to have a seven-figure business. Sure. Um, but what? So they have this target, but they don't get real, like really real and raw and honest with their current reality, like. Yeah. And I know that was me because like, I knew that I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account. So I didn't want to look. So I didn't. <laughs> and so like, when you start to neglect things like that, like, what did your marriage look like? What did your relationship with your kids look like your health, like all these things, like you have to get real, and kind of put in the facts of like, where things are at now. Mm-hmm. So that you can actually put together a plan that's realistic and executable mm-hmm. to get to that goal. 
Because if you just have the target and you're not real with where you're at, I mean, this is where I see just people kind of operating in this fantasy land. And they, it's like they kind of That's pull true. these little highlights from what they see other people doing. They're like, oh, I need you know, 25K a month. Or like, I need this course or I need these things. It's like, it's kind of just these ideas that are floating mm -hmm. out in the ether that aren't anchored to anything because they haven't kind of gotten real with where they're actually at now. You know, like, hey, with where you're at now, you might be nowhere close to launching a course. Like, you might have to go have clients for a little bit. And, like, that's going to be the next six to 12 months. And then maybe we're in a position to let, you know, so with some of that. And that's why I think some people just sort of flounder for a while because mm -hmm. they're like, they have this vision, but there's no real step by step plan to get there because mm -hmm. they just haven't gotten real with where they're currently at. Uh, yes. And again, because it's usually not pretty yes. and, um, you know, info that you don't really want to be reminded of. But if anything, that should that should serve as motivation yes. to to get you out of that to out of that spot. Yes. Yeah. You see, I've got hashtag goals behind me. There's a reason because yeah. I coached small businesses for a wee while. I've, I've moved out of the one one on one coaching because it's just a time factor for me. But um, yeah. I did that because exactly what you were saying because it's like I want to make $20,000 this month I'm like that's a fantastic goal but what's your action steps to get there and a yeah. lot of the time people have no idea they just want yeah. to make this thing but there's no daily steps there's no weekly steps there's no month there's nothing to actually focus on say okay this is what I'm going to do today to going to get me there do you have like an action step or a bit of a roadmap that you do to set goals that you can share with the audience um so, like so how do we set goals is that the question yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's kind of two ways that I look at goals. I mean, like I look at kind of my one year, three year, five year mm -hmm. kind of big picture goals. Yes. As you get further out, uh, I think they're a little bit blurrier. Um, mm -hmm. But from like inside the business, um, every single quarter, we go through like a self-assessment of okay. um, we look at our lead generation, our mm -hmm. lead nurture, our sales, our fulfillment, and our like upgrades, retention, resell, upsell. And we yes. say like, what's the biggest bottleneck? Like which one's the current bottleneck? Oh, okay. it's lead nurture. Yes. Um, okay. So let's, let's figure out how we can fix lead nurture for the next yes. 90 days. And so yes. then we'll kind of come up with I'm sure some people have heard the term OKRs, objectives and key results. Yes. We'll come up with like one to two objectives with mm -hmm. some key results to mm -hmm. make lead nurture not a bottleneck anymore in the next mm -hmm. 90 days. And then we get to the 90 days and we say, hey, okay, it went from being a bottleneck to being a strength. Yes. Like what's the, what's the bottleneck now? Um, oh, it's fulfillment you know, we've been adding so many more new clients that like fulfillment starting to break or we need more help in fulfillment. It's so like, okay, what are the objectives? What are the mm -hmm. key results to fix fulfillment? You know, how, how are we going to measure that 90 days from now? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how we focus is how we help our clients kind of put together game plans as well. Yes. Um, but I do think like just at a, so that's like, I think more tactical, like inside the business quarterly, mm -hmm. but we definitely look at, you know, um, like how many clients do we want to serve this year? And, you know, yeah. if we sell at this price point, like what does the revenue look like? And, you know, what do I want my day-to-day -day look like? Um, and all of those things, you know, I think, you know, to go off the hashtag goals, I think one of the biggest things that COVID made us do, or at least pay more attention to was mm -hmm. um, like, I feel like goals without constraints are really, really useless. Um, because like, 
you could probably, most people listening could probably build a seven figure business way faster than they probably thought they could, but likely with making a lot of sacrifices that they're probably not willing to make. Like, like work 24 seven, like, you know, don't have any friends, like don't go out, like don't part, like all these things that, you know, some people, some people are willing to sacrifice. And those are the people that, you know, you can't compare yourself to because they're willing to sacrifice things that you are not. So there's no point in comparing. And so I think understanding like, what are your goals, but then more importantly, like, what are your constraints to get there? So like, for example, um, when, you know, COVID happened, um, you know, a lot of people went into like having to deal with their kids being home. Um, now we didn't thankfully have to deal with like legit homeschooling because our kids are too young. They're still in like daycare, but you know, they, like we had temporary daycare and, um, like it wasn't full time, like it normally was. So we had to rework the schedule. And so I, Greg couldn't work on Fridays, like, cause my schedule was more flexible. So my wife, you know, she watched the kids on her day off, which was Wednesday and Greg took Fridays off and like he was with the kids. And so like, I had to figure out how to hit our goals with a four day work week yes. and how do I manage my team with four days. And so like the, because of that constraint, we got even more focused on like, okay, well, what's, you don't have enough time to do all of these things. So like, what's the one thing that you're going to focus on? Because you only have like eight hours of production time a week after all your meetings and all the other stuff. So like either we push out the deadlines or we just focus on fewer things. And so I think, you know, now every time we create goals, we'll just add constraints. Like for example, um, Hey, we want to hire this new, uh, this new person, but we don't want Greg process. So like, how do we bring on this key role without Greg being involved at all? Like Greg doesn't interview them. Like, so who, so who on the team is stepping up? Right. And so that was, you know, that then we have to solve that problem. And that, that allows us to put together, you know, some key action items that allow us to hit these goals. Yes. I love that um, because yes. Uh, do you do you set smart goals? Is that one of the things that you guys also maybe did in the past? Or I've heard a lot about it, but I don't set goals specifically um, necessarily in that sense. So you know, for me, it's a bit of a different process, I guess. Yeah, we've never really. I mean, I think conceptually, yeah, yes, but we haven't like created a goal and said, you know walked through that whole smart system. Yes. Yeah. Um, was it specific, measurable? Yeah. I forget what the A is. Uh, time-based. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the that kind of OKR objectives um, mm. kind of process mm-hmm. fleshes out a lot of that stuff for you. That's true. Um, mm. But, yeah. I mean, conceptually, yes. I think goals need to be actionable, time-based, specific, mm. et cetera. Yes. One of the things that I always ask people when they're on my interview, whether sometimes it's after the interview, sometimes it's in the interview, is that how do you structure your day? Because I've interviewed quite a lot of entrepreneurs now. And one of the very key factors that I've noticed about successful entrepreneurs that says successful entrepreneurs apart from other entrepreneurs that's, you know, still on that journey to become successful is that they, they have a really amazing routine. What's your routine looking like every day? Yeah. Um, my morning routine is pretty dialed in my -hmm. evening routine is like, I still play with it. Um, so we have this exercise that we do, um, and we do with our clients, Mm -hmm. we call it the perfect week. Um, 
perfect kind of with quotes in that, like, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but like, we're trying to design it to be perfect. Yes. Um, and so one, at least every 90 days, mm-hmm. or in most cases, seasonally, my, the way I organize my week changes. Um, okay. School, no school. Mm-hmm. Um, when my like, when I wake up, I've gotten a lot better with like waking up and working out when it's still dark. Okay. Um, but like historically, that was a problem for me. So, you know, like when it was, you know, sometimes I, it would be better for me to have my workouts in the afternoon. And then mm-hmm. sometimes of the year, it made sense for me to do them in the morning. And so I'd shift based, you know, and then again, with school, obviously COVID, I switched it a lot frequently. Yes. Uh, we had a, our second child this past year. So like wow. my schedule changed again, you know, so like yes. there are, I think there are life situations that require you to adapt, um, but fundamentally my, my morning routine uh, I'm usually awake before 5:15 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, every day, not uh, minus one day. One day, I just kind of let myself just wake up naturally. Usually, that's still like six at the mm-hmm. latest. But <laughs> I'm up by 5:15. Um, I meditate for five minutes. Uh, then I journal. Then I read at least 10 minutes. Um, then I leave a note uh, of gratitude for my wife. Then I will, uh, on the days that I work out, work out, um, on the days that I don't work out, I actually jump into like my, one of my most important tasks of the day, mm-hmm. assuming that my kids haven't woke up, w- woken up yet. <laughs> so son <laughs> apparently is following my lead and waking up really early too. So sometimes I'm not getting to that, but yes. I've found that if I don't kind of meditate and, um, kind of take that moment of kind of quiet time, um, Mm -hmm. that I'm just like way more irritable. Um, like I find that I'm, I'm like, sometimes I'm super short and mean with the team. Um, you know, and it's it's just kind of like, it kind of brings me, like grounds me. Um, I forget where the quote came from, but someone said like, win the morning, win the day, you know? And so, um, the days where I actually knock out a significant amount of work in the morning are like mm-hmm. the best days. Like when my son will sleep till, you know, seven 30, uh, you know, I'll get a solid 90 minutes of, of work in, um, you know, from like six to seven 30 and I've mm-hmm. already, you know, worked out, read, did all those other things mm-hmm. and gotten, you know, made a huge dent in the, the most important thing, because as we've grown personally, you know, we're at a team of 10 now. Um, there's a lot more chaos in my day of like, Oh, someone on the team needs this or they need that, or I need to schedule this meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't get as much time during the week to like crush big projects. I have a few, like I have a few key blocks in there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, been the consistent morning routine. Um, and I, like I said, I've for the most part been taking Fridays off at the very least I've been taking like half day Fridays. Mm -hmm. Um, since March of last year. Yeah. It's good to have that though, especially if your kids are young to spend the time with them because they miss out on your, your time. And I, that goes back to your mission statement. We actually enjoy the laugh with your family because that's really what it's yeah. about. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's cool when my son wakes up, you know, well, sometimes it's frustrating, but like when, you know, I'm up at five fifteen, and then he's up at six, you know, and he sees me working out early or sees me reading and, yeah. and I'll have him, you know, I'll read, I'll stop and read him a book for a minute, you know, so we get some good quality time mm-hmm. in the morning, but, um, I'll answer it. Cause it usually comes up. I go to bed early. 
So it's not <laughs> like I sleep, like I don't sleep. I, yes. my wife and I are usually in bed, like in a sleep, 8.30, most nights. Wow. Night. Wow. Um, wow. I don't, that'll obviously for all the people that like have kids that are older and yeah. like, are like, oh, you have no idea. I'm sure I have no idea, but <laughs> we'll have to just adapt at some point. So, um, but yeah, right now, I mean, I'm usually going to bed at the latest, like 930. So I'm still getting, you know, usually seven, seven and a half hours of sleep, mm-hmm. even when I'm waking up early. Yes. And it's important to have to sleep because Ash is just grumpy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, need I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> what has been your biggest struggle in your journey in the last, what, since 2014? What has been your biggest struggle? Uh, since 2014. Um, well, we can narrow it down the last few years. <laughs> I mean, I think overall 20, you know, the whole journey, if, if I had known that entrepreneurship was going to be such a, a life lesson and or a, mm-hmm. the best education you can have on personal development. Um, I mean, I would have been like, if someone told me that back then, I would have been like, what? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the constant up leveling of yourself, uh, your mindset. I mean, mm-hmm. like staying strong, um, you know, through the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. uh, I think has been the biggest challenge. I mean, even now, um, now, like if I had to like give you a more specific answer, like the last six to 12 months, um, all of that ties into it, but I mean, leadership. Um, mm-hmm. so like, like I said, that we have the team February of last year, we had three people and, you know, it's February this year and we have, we're, we're in the process of hiring our 11th. Wow. Um, so like we've hired That's a lot hard. of people and so our team has grown, mm-hmm. um, which has required me to be a much better leader. Yes. Um, and so I'm, I'm really trying to figure that out Mm -hmm. and and that's, you know, a a new, a new area of focus for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been my challenge is kind of leading people. Yes. I'm going to make the assumption that you're a good leader, Greg, because you have a team (laughs) and it looks like, you know, what you guys are doing and your lifestyle that you live. I, I can just assume that, you know, you've got no problem with leadership. Am I? wrong when I say that like I don't know you just look like a really good leader and I'm I spoke to your PA Amanda (laughs) so many times back and forth arranging this interview and she just seems like she really you know like she's very she's amazing and you can't get people that amazing working for you if you're not a good leader so yeah I think um uh thank you um (laughs) I think I'm getting better um I think I think a key piece of leadership and something that we do have right, um, mm-hmm. despite me being where I want to be or not as a leader, I think we have really good like team culture, okay. um, which obviously starts with me. But um, you know, we're we are a fully remote team, so um, you know the values that we kind of operate by and and all of that kind of bleeds through the company. And so I think that is more so why we have good people. Um, and again, I think I'm getting better. I probably wouldn't put myself in the, the worst category, but I have for us to hit the goals that we have, I need to kind of grow a lot more in that area. Um, a great quote from, um, one of my former, or I'll call mentor, one of my former coaches, his name is Brad Martin. Now, um, he, he said, your business will never exceed your own capacity as an entrepreneur. 
And so like, you know, to me, like, if this is my capacity and like my, you know, capability, like I need to keep up leveling this so that the business That's can true. go with it. Like you're never going to see your business, like do better in all these areas, if you're not capable of those things. Um, and so that's kind of back to that, you know, personal development and leadership. Like I need to kind of continue to improve in those areas to like make room for the company and everybody else in the company to, to up level as well. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you, you can't outgrow anything in your business. Well, your business can't outgrow you. You have to grow with the journey, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. How can people get in touch with you? Is there any way that you can help them? Uh, you know, what services do you provide for agency owners, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so we have a couple of different programs that we focus on. Um, mm -hmm. The kind of flagship program is called Foundations. And in Foundations, we help. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Um, in Foundations, we kind of work with um, agencies that are stuck doing done for you and they want to add on a new revenue stream that is more leverage, whether that's a productized service or coaching and consulting. Mm -hmm. So we help them kind of specialize in their expertise and have an offer that they can take to the marketplace and get their first wave of clients um, mm -hmm. in, in 90 days. So that's what we focus on uh, for the most part. Um, I'd say like the best place, like if you're enjoying this conversation as a listener, um, check out my YouTube channel, gregsvideos.com. We'll link you there. Mm -hmm. um, there's hundreds of videos. We release a new video every Wednesday. You'll get a feel for what we talk about. Mm -hmm. If you watch five, 10 of those videos and you're like, wow, that was amazing. There's links in the bottom of every single one of those videos to schedule a call with my team, um, to explore how we might be able to help you. So I'd say like, if you want to get more of this type of content, mm -hmm. uh, our YouTube channel, you know, hundreds of free videos there. And then we also have a free Facebook group. If you, for agency owners, um, mm -hmm. altagency.com forward slash group, mm -hmm. um, where we just, we do a live training every single Wednesday and just share, you know, insights and stuff inside, uh, you know, of a Facebook group with just other people like you. So you'll, you'll be able to connect with me through either of those, those ways very easily. Yes. And I strongly recommend to please check out Craig's YouTube channel because I even yeah. mentioned in the beginning of this video, that's how I met him. And it is yeah. really, the, the knowledge on those videos is so, so amazing. So I strongly you. recommend you guys get onto those. At the end of the podcast episode, I always ask one question because the, the audience of this podcast is also, um, some of them are people that are struggling um, in their business, they're stuck or they're really sitting on the fence. They haven't started yet. So it's kind of a mix. And then obviously we've got all kinds of people mm -hmm. listening, but what advice would you give to somebody if they are stuck in the business or they're sitting on a fence and I really don't know how to get to that next step? What advice would you give them? Um, I mean, get help, <laughs> uh, you know, find someone that is, where you want to be, mm -hmm. um, or has the skills that you want to have. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're super early, I don't know if it's necessary that they have the exact life that you want yet. Um, but you know, finding someone that is a handful of steps ahead of you and has gotten there and, mm -hmm. you know, honestly just pay them to help you, yeah. you know, whether that's a coaching program or a consultant or whatever, a course I've found that the fastest way is just to shortcut everything by just getting the help from the person who is where I want to be. Yes. Um, and, exactly. you know, based on your budget or wherever, you know, what your you know, situation looks like, you know, some of you 
you know, will buy a course. Some of you will, um, you know, do what I did and put it on a credit card and like bet on yourself. Um, you know, I've done that multiple times, but you'll never go wrong investing in yourself period. Um, so I would say just find that person that you know, like, and trust, um, and kind of is where you want to be at Mm -hmm. least for as far as you can see and Mm -hmm. see how you could potentially get involved with them. Um, the free option, uh, I mean, I would just read as many books as you can. I mean, like some of the education that I've gotten, you know, through books, you know, do both. I mean, and you can do both. It's not like it's either, or, I mean, I read a book, I read a little bit every single day Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of how I run my business, um, my beliefs, all these things, my education comes from these books. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in many ways, these are all your, these can all be your mentors, but the fast track is definitely just pay the person who's already there and follow their plan because you'll get there faster. Completely agree with you. I I was one of those people that took me years to get a coach. And then when I finally did, it was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's one of the most scary things for sure. I tell I tell clients, um, there's, uh, you know, when you make that investment in yourself, especially if it's the first one, mm-hmm. and actually it's not even just the first one, it's, it's the first one or it's the next biggest one that you've ever made. Mm. And, um, you're going to be a little bit excited and a little bit scared. And I always say like, you kind of have to have both of them because if you are only excited and you're not like nervous or scared about it not working Mm -hmm. or the uncertainty, Mm -hmm. you're probably not taking the situation seriously enough. Yes. But then if you're only scared and you're not at all excited for like the upside or the, the possibility of the outcome, mm-hmm. then you're probably just not ready. Yes. And so like, if you kind of like are, feel like you're, you're being pulled between like, I'm scared, but I'm also super excited. That's usually the best mix to have. Like if you, if like you're talking to a coach or whatever, and you're like, that's what you feel. Yeah. It's probably a really good sign that it's like something that you should be at least heavily considering yes. because like you kind of need to be, you know, put in that position where maybe your back's not 100% against the wall, Mm. but like there's some pressure, right? And you know, you wanna make sure that you get your money back or that that investment was the right investment. And so, you know, to me, that's just how you bet on and gamble on yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, which again, in more cases, probably all cases is gonna be the best place that you can make any investment, especially early on in your business. That's very good advice. Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate you giving me the time to be on this episode. We will pop all Greg's links on the bottom. And again, go check out his YouTube channel. It's really awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate your time and you must have a fantastic rest of your day. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Cheers.